When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gary Kubiak's doing a great job. They can win, and with their schedule over the next couple weeks, they can work their way into the playoffs and be a factor here. Kirk Cousins, if he can just find a way to continue to compliment, young defense getting better, I think they could be a playoff team. Brian Billick uh, talking about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings' chance to make the playoffs with this weak schedule, but you got to prove it against the Bears. And we will talk about a prove-it weekend for Minnesota football teams. Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session today and some juicy Timberwolf speculation as well. Quick shout-out to Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Uh, the pandemic numbers are trending in the wrong direction. I know Federated has been doing their part um, in support of local healthcare facilities and workers. Uh, they've donated 18,000 N95 respirator masks to Owatonna Hospital and several outdoor blue lights for the Owatonna Clinica building. Federated Insurance employees are donating their time, talent, and financial resources to help our communities. And so um, you can you can rest assured, not only do they put community first and uh, and they put first responders first, but they also very much put your business first as well when it comes to uh, the partnership you can create as a business owner with Federated. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated Insurance, it's always our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. He's got that same mentality, and he's earned everything he's gotten. A lot of times in our world, we just want things handed to us, and and Mo isn't that way. Uh, Mo earns everything that he has gotten, uh, and he's done it the hard way. And uh, I'm really proud of him for that. Being able to play for the Floyd of Rosedale is something that we're blessed to be able to do, uh, to play for such a you know traditional a trophy game here at the University of Minnesota. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, going 1-0 in this Iowa season. Um, not really worried about what happened last year or anything like that, but doing everything we can to go 1-0 this week, uh, no matter, you know, who it's against or whatever, because at the end of the day, it's about us and, you know, playing up to our standard. Football. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to go one and zero on today's Mackie and Judd show. That's right. Just trying to just take it one show at a time, one podcast at a that's time. That's all you can do, right? Yes, it is. I yeah. mean, don't try and and look down the road. That's very dangerous. It is. Yeah, not good in sports. And don't look at your phone when you're also on the road too. Especially not now, since okay. they're not plowing. No. Since yeah, they what, stopped plowing. Yeah. Do we do we just not allow plows until December now? Was, today what, is, is that the new? Is that is that Tim Walls? Tim Walls, Tim, Tim, Walls, Tim Walls, it's yeah. Tim Walls' fault. Yeah, today's drive uh, yeah, from brutal. from the park to here, very 
Detroit-like. I, I once uh, went to a Vikings-Lions game in Detroit, and it was just like this. They basically didn't plow, and it's ice chunks. Yeah, like, I don't— We used to, like, get those uh, that ice chunk off the road. I will say, too, like, the roads were bad, but they weren't as bad as some of the people on the roads were treating them. Or, if, like, if, if you're— if you're driving, you know, 10 and 2 death grip at 25 miles an hour in the left lane on the freeway, like, eh. that's a little bit of an overreaction. I just want the ice chunks gone. Like, I don't think it's too much to ask to get the ice chunks off the road, right? I don't know. Maybe we don't. I mean, it's 27, so it's not 15 below. You know, maybe maybe Tim Walls uh, took away the, the salt that we used to put on the You know the road. what this is? It's trying to get everyone to stay home. It's, a, it's actually genius. It's a shutdown without the shutdown. Down. We're not going to plow the road, so you have to stay home. You have you, no choice. You, you can't go spread COVID. You can't spread the vid if you can't leave your house. Yeah, we're seeing all-time COVID numbers now for the state of Minnesota. 20% uh, positive rates, uh, projected 56 deaths today. And I get that a lot of those are, you know, older people with pre-existing conditions and whatnot. But listen, like, let's just... Just get through this. Like we're almost to December now, for God's sakes. Like, can we all just like work together once in this country? And, and the vaccine's coming just... when? Supposedly the vaccine. Well, late it's to... it'll be available later this year, but only I say only like fifty million doses. It sounds like so yeah. it'll it'll start with as Patrick said yesterday, the Patrick Royces of the world who are older, yeah, and uh, maybe have pre existing conditions, and then it sounds like <laughs> by like April it'll be widely available for anybody and everybody. So. I don't know. Maybe that's just in time for us to pack Target Field again in in May. That'd be nice. We'll see what happens. Something like that. So, anyhow, we do have some Wolves juicy speculation and rumors and reports to get to. Write that down, predictions. But let's start off with a big weekend. Football. For our Minnesota football teams, I say weekend, but they don't even play on Saturday or Sunday. You have a, you have a Gophers game against Iowa for Floyd of Rosedale. Um, Floyd of Roseville. Floyd of uh, the Rosedale Center um, on Friday, and then the Vikings and the Bears on Monday night. So, Judd Zolgad, what does this weekend, you've coined it Prove It Week, Prove It Weekend for the Vikings and the Gophers. Yes. What does Prove It Weekend mean for these football teams to you? It's very simple to me, and it means this. So, the Gophers lose their first two games defensively. They look awful, right? Mm -hmm. And then they, they win Saturday and the Illini are a mess, clearly, okay? So they went on the road. They won. That's great. The Vikings beat Detroit uh, on Sunday. They've won two consecutive games. The Packers struggled. I don't think the Packers stink, but Detroit stinks. But the reaction, if you say that, then, is, oh, you're putting all wins down by our teams. You don't. You aren't satisfied, okay? So what I see here is, is on Friday night, an Iowa team that I believe started 0-2, but then kicked the crap out of Michigan State they did. on Saturday at home. So they're not a bad team, all right? I mean, they might not be great, but the Big Ten's weird. But they are certainly a, a formidable opponent. Monday night, the Bears, again, not a great team, but defensively, very strong. And, and they are going to test your formula as the Vikings to what works, which is Dalvin Cook left, Dalvin Cook right, Dalvin, Dalvin, Dalvin. The prove-it-to-me is if the Gophers and Vikings both win— and I really believe that they probably should win. If they both win, then I will go along and say, all right, that was the step that I've been waiting for. Like, it's not Detroit. It, and, and you know, the Gophers defensively up until Saturday looked terrible. But let's say things are slightly fixed. So Friday and Monday present, 
I really believe this for both football teams, an opportunity to say, okay, you've got things on track now, and I can really see it. Yeah, I I think I'm having a hard time figuring out, even if these two teams win this weekend, what our expectations should be. I think I think for the Vikings, if the Vikings beat the Bears and they roll off a third straight division win, and two of them are on the road, right? Yeah, because the Lambeau Field um, win over the Packers. And on the road, like if you if you if you look at you know some of the numbers that are coming out halfway through the season, road teams and home teams are fifty fifty in terms of like the advantage. It's not sure. like normal years, so sure. we should probably even just stop calling them road games. But you know, Soldier Field is not exactly an easy place for the Vikings to win. If they win that game, it's definitely on. Like the Vikings are definitely and they're looking at three home games. Uh, it's still a really, really steep hill to climb to get to that nine and seven mark. You probably have to get to now. If the NFL decides to add an eighth playoff team, the Vikings are Vikings are are definitely moving in on that seventh playoff spot. If they beat the Bears, if they add an eight play an eighth playoff spot, even more likely. So I think this, if the Vikings beat the Bears, it opens up a much clearer path to them making a run at an actual playoff spot. If the Gophers beat Iowa, I don't know that you're going to be. It, it kind of depends on like. Does Wisconsin finish the season? Like, I don't think the Gophers in their current shape defensively have any business competing with Wisconsin in this division. But Wisconsin also just keeps getting games canceled because of COVID. Right. So yeah, you, you almost just need like Wisconsin to get their season wiped out. And I think because they of are going to play. I think they are going to play on uh, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. The Badgers are, and they've only played the one game. Yeah, Illinois. so far this year. Yep. So um, if the Gophers beat Iowa. You can start to make a case for they beat Purdue at home. Then they have to go and play Wisconsin. I just don't. I don't know how they stop Wisconsin unless they have a, a magical midseason defensive turnaround. Um, and the Northwestern Nebraska two games that aren't going to be super easy to win, but that you can win. Mm-hmm. I just think you put yourself in such a hole losing those first two games that yes, it's kind of a prove it weekend for the Gophers. But I don't know what else. I don't know how high well, they can really climb having lost their first two games. When the the Gophers looked so bad and lost those first two games, I was out. Like, defensively, you were a joke. That was awful. So mm-hmm. I was done then. So my point is, you've won one game. Win two now and beat a decent team, and I'm at least sort of back in. After two games, I was basically done. I said, if you can't stop a t- if you can't stop Maryland, you can't stop them. Like, what, 600-plus yards? That's a joke. That's embarrassing. So it when it comes to the Gophers, for me, Phil... It's not about, you know, bowls or uh, Big Ten West at this point in time. I'm talking about, do I want to pay attention to you? It's that simple. And if you win on Friday night, I think I'm back in as saying, okay, I see something here. I'll I'll actually uh, re-engage at this point in time. Yeah, I think the hard thing to figure out with the Gophers is, you know, how do you treat those first two games? You know, last year they had the luxury of playing three completely like walkover non-conference games to start the year, right? They played South Dakota State, Fresno State's, you know, they've at least been somewhat formidable off and on over the years, yep. and Georgia Southern. And they looked terrible in those three games. They almost lost all three of those games. They beat Georgia Southern 35 to 32 like coming back with a a furious rally in the fourth quarter if I remember right. Very wild like, yes. And they needed uh, they needed Antoine Winfield Jr. to to break up a pass in double overtime or pick off a pass to beat Fresno State. So so they needed three games and even the Purdue game they played, the first conference game was a close game. I don't remember the game flow of that, but like 
they needed the first month against bad teams to just sort of get some of that bad play out of their system. And then they gelled and became one of the better teams in the country, kind of like a tier two team in the country the rest of the season. So were these first two games against Michigan and against Maryland, if you would have had the three non-conference games to get some of these, you know, these new defensive players ingrained. Sure. And then you would have played Michigan in your first conference game after three warmups. What would that have looked like? Right. You might have won that game. But of course, everyone starts in the same boat, pun intended. And you can't make excuses. Uh, they also go- poop. They do. Everybody does. Everybody poop. does poop. Don't forget yeah, right. that. It turns, it turns into fertilizer. It's a very important PJ fact. PJ fact of life now. But I think, I mean, just excuses aside, yeah. one of the one of the the labels you can put on this PJ Fleck program is that they start the season slow. They have the last two years, like they start the season slow, and uh, other teams are sitting in the same position. So there's really like you can't say, well, the Gophers got screwed because of the schedule. Well, Michigan played their first game too. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, if they beat Iowa, is it sort of like last year where they just, they just need I'm like three I games care to get again. going? I care. If you if you lose again Friday night, I'm basically just done. It's like whatever. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm excited, but not like I'm 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 kind of to the place we go for football here. Like I'm definitely going to watch, but like this season can't possibly live up to last year at this point. So I'm just I'm just here to see. Can they be competitive, and then can they crescendo into next year? And is P.J. Fleck even going to be the coach here next year, which is a legitimate question. I enjoy applying pressure. I like pressure. And in both of, of these games on Friday and Monday night, I see an opportunity to apply pressure and say, show me something. Do something. I'm sorry, but if you beat Detroit, which, by the way, on the long uh, Cook touchdown run, had 10 defenders on the field, Okay, that's fine. You won. Now now go to a tougher place against a good defense. And Monday's game against the Bears is going to go a long way, I think, to showing us if this formula truly works. It's going to go a long way. Because the Bears defensively are damn good. And the Bears are going to say, we're stopping Dalvin Cook. And my question is, what's the comeback then? And And if they do it and win... Then I think we we say, well, the Packers didn't play well and Detroit stinks, right? So, but if you go into Chicago against that defense and an Operation Dalvin works, that's pretty impressive, I think. Don't yeah, you? And uh, uh, yes, I if don't. That works. I don't think. I don't think the Vikings are going to be able to do what they did the last two weeks with Dalvin Cook. I think if the Vikings are going to win this game against the Bears, I think it's going to be a Kirk Cousins game to win. Uh, we'll do a deeper dive into that in our State of Kirk Cousins address every Wednesday. Purple Daily today is is all devoted to the State of Kirk Cousins and our pigskin packing order. Before we get to read that down predictions and an accountability session, boys. I want to mock. Mock. Oh, what happened there? Oh, no. I want to oh. mock. Mock. Oh, sorry, I hit the shorter version. I was like, are they stealing more sound bites? Yeah, We've no. had a major issue the last three weeks. They're cutting like, it down. Our sound bites getting cut off. <laughs> a gremlin uh, snuck in and cut it down. But we cut that to a shorter version, so. I'm all paranoid now. Who's stealing our sound bites? <laughs> Damn it. Those My Talk KS95 stealing our stuff. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Straight talk. Juicy rumors. So we make a, we make more sound bites. Doogie snuck do. upstairs. It's Doogie. You know, actually, you know what's funny? I don't think it was Doogie, but Doogie's the one that like he's the only one that keeps having problems like twice a month where he'll just like 
He'll record his scoop podcast and like, oh, this interview like recorded over itself twice, and you can hear the voices twice, and everyone's like, how did that? Happen? I don't even know how that happens. <laughs> He's like the only one that's like been able to break our system in that way. Wow. So, anyways, uh, ESPN.com has their latest mock draft, the NBA mock draft. All right, the draft is in a week from tonight, I believe. Right, the eleventh, the eighteenth. Okay. So this is their their perfect pick at every spot. Like if each team. If the draft plays out in a certain way. So with the Wolves picking number one, ESPN.com has their perfect pick as LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read you this here. The draft's best playmaker at six foot seven. Ball is the most talented prospect in this class and a true entertainer on the floor with remarkable vision, <laughs> handle, and touch. That's what the Wolves need, an <laughs> entertainer. Isn't that what Ricky what Rubio did you was? Just say entertainer? Rubio can't shoot, and uh, he's kind of slow and not very athletic, but he's super entertaining because he can make behind-the-back passes. What does he do, like spin the basketball on his finger or something? <laughs> Look at this. It's the bucket of confetti trick. Whoa! Yeah, Whoa! we all – what the hell? Super entertaining. Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay. So uh, he can. he's a true entertainer on the floor with remarkable vision, handle, and touch, despite defensive concerns alongside D'Angelo Russell <laughs> and Carl Towns. Ball would electrify the Minnesota fans. Fan base and give the Timberwolves one of the league's most skilled 25 and under trios. I want a mock! Mock! All right. Um, and then they've got his like player ratings and stuff. If you want to read it, it's... Uh, the, so his his physical comp, according to ESPN.com, is Karis LeVert, which I guess if they landed Karis LeVert, that would be, be a pretty good pretty good player to add here as a trio. And then they have James Wiseman going to the Golden State Warriors at number two. That's a no-brainer for the Warriors. Like They've got They've got the two greatest shooting guards of all time, and if you were to put like this emerging superstar uh, seven footer down low, that guy's going to be unstoppable. So, this is possibly possibly, but it does it does seem um, that it reminds us a little bit Tim Duncan, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, oh get, my! Oh my get, God! Get, Golden yeah. State's awful. Look at what happened. They're terrible. And then they get a franchise-changing player that can help lead them into the... A possible franchise-changing player, yep. Yeah. Seems no, like a little bit. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, the war- yeah, the Warriors are... That's funny how great the Western Conference was last year. It's like it didn't even include the Warriors, and they're going to be Who back. Who totally pieced out. Yes. They're like, see you later. So there's more. Reckless speculation. Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. He hosts the Ringer NBA show and is very plugged in to uh, NBA circles. He's a, He's an NBA writer. Sources, the Timberwolves are attempting to acquire a second lottery pick. They've had talks with the Hawks for six. A possible deal could include Jarrett Culver and the 17th pick to the Hawks for the number six. A number of teams are interested in Atlanta's number six pick, the Pelicans and Celtics being among them, sources say. So that's an interesting twist and that for several weeks we've been talking about, so the Wolves have the number one and the number 17. Yes, And for several weeks, we've been talking about a couple different scenarios that involve the Wolves trading out of the first, either straight up for a third star or moving back to get like, you know, the Knicks pick or the Hawks pick and then a complimentary player of some kind. This report has them keeping the number one overall pick and adding a second lottery pick of some kind, which if this is true, if that's something the Wolves are exploring, I'm going to I'm going to guess two things. Number one, they've probably run into roadblocks in their trade talks for the number one pick. Like, I'm sure they've made all those phone calls. Hey, can we get Ben Simmons? No. Okay, can we get Bradley Beal? No. And they've, they've probably gone down that list, right? Okay. Uh, and so 
what this tells me is that they really like all the players that are available. Maybe there's not a franchise-changing superstar that immediately slaps you upside the head like a LeBron James or somebody. But um, but this 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 is interesting, and in that maybe they're looking to take two shots at top five draft pick players, hoping that one or both turn out to be their third superstar. How close are you to being uh, pretty much out on Jared Culver? Um, it's always a huge problem when in a shooter's league, you come into the league and you can't shoot for one. And then they're already like revamping your shot motion. I just think like, can you imagine if you drafted a quarterback in the NFL in today's quarterback league? And after the first season, it's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta redo your entire arm slot motion, right? Like it wouldn't be a total deal breaker, but it's like, wait a second. You can't just step in and throw passes. Yeah. You can't just step into the NBA and, and shoot threes. Um, he's a good defensive player. He's an athletic wing. I think those are the ty- those are the types of players you should be looking to surround Carl um, Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell with, guys who can play defense and, in theory, who can slash and then, ideally, who can shoot. Mm-hmm. But he can't shoot. So And Josh Okogie can't really shoot. And either. supposedly uh, he's worked on his shot a lot, right, d- during the stoppage, but that might be being hyped up to potentially trade him. I. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a lights out shooter now. Well, small, can we see some video? Ah, wait, no, no, no. We've we've got we don't have any small sample size alert here. But does it concern you that Gerson took Culver? Yes, I mean it's one guy, so I'm not trying. Let me to pull say that draft up again. But I think Tyler Hero was staring him in the face. He was. We all saw him in the NBA finals. He was. So. But that's I guess that's my point is is the, the fact that the, the deficiency is shooting, which is a really big deal now. How much does that concern you? It's definitely. If if they've already moved off Culver as a bust, it's a concern. And a lot of these guys are going to need time to play out. But but Tyler Hero is the one that had the most national exposure playing deep into the NBA Finals and having these big games throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. And he was sitting there. He, he wound up going 13th. So the Timberwolves, um, the Timberwolves could have had him. There's a few other players that were interesting later on. But... Um, if you drafted a player thinking that you'd be able to slide them in as like a three and D guy and realize like, not only can they not shoot, but you have to revamp their shot. Like that's a red flag to me. Mm-hmm. But I also think that a lot of the moves that they've made have been positive moves. And sure. it seems like they know what they're doing. I'm talking more about j- just the draft aspect here. The Josh Akogi thing, which was a Tom Thibodeau draft pick. Yeah. That's also concerning. And it does, it doesn't go on this front office, but he's now going into his third year in the NBA. Josh Akogi is shooting 27% from three point range. So you basically have these two guys who play, you know, shooting guard, uh, small forward, uh, wing type positions. Yep. And they're super high energy. They can play some defense, they can cut and all those things, but they can't shoot. And so it just becomes, especially later in games, it just becomes. I'm going to stop you right there. That seems like a problem. It is in today's NBA. Like, if you can't, if you have two or three players in your rotation that just flat out can't shoot, mm-hmm. the other guys in your rotation have to be lights out shooters. And, and I would say that D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, I don't think you have to worry about those guys long term in that department. But uh, the more you look at that Wolves rotation, it's like, where are the three pointers coming from? They took a ton of threes last year, but they didn't make a ton of threes right. last year. The the idea was was correct. The execution wasn't good. Yeah. You want another one here? Of course. I've got more. Reckless speculation. Trade talks. Juicy rumors. This is from Rod Beard. Declan found this tweet, I think, yesterday. This rumor that the Hornets are willing to trade up to number one to get James Wiseman is gaining some steam. 
Seems like a good deal for the Timberwolves, who still would get LaMelo Ball and or Edwards at three and some other assets, maybe like a Miles Bridges or somebody. So the, the insinuation here is that the Hornets love James Wiseman. They have the number three overall pick. They'd move up to number one to assure getting James Wiseman, which means the Wolves would still get a wing player of their choosing between Ball and Edwards. Mm-hmm. And in order to make that swap, the Hornets would also have to give something else up to jump to, to three. So I actually kind of like this if you think that Ball or Edwards are the best players in this draft. So there's just all kinds of Wolves things floating around. There's way more, too. We're going to sprinkle. We're, we're, we might get uh, Brian Windhorst on this week or early next week, too, to talk about this stuff. But I love this. This is, this is what's fun about the Wolves having the number one pick is that almost you know anything can happen in the next seven days. God bless a league that embraces reckless speculation like this league does. Oh, yeah. Baseball free agency is going on right now, and you can hear a pin drop. How about hockey, that? It's amazing. Hockey was okay, but it's not this. And the NBA does reckless speculation, I think, better than anybody. I really do. Reckless speculation. I think football's second, probably. But I think the NBA takes the cake. Here's another one. NBCSports.com via ESPN.com. I was going to read this. <laughs> via CSN. Via, via Nessun. Via, via, via. via M- MSC. LaMelo Ball is the on-again, off-again, back-on-again predicted number one pick in the 2020 NBA draft. But the Timberwolves already have D'Angelo Russell at point guard, so Minnesota could trade the top pick. Which teams are interested? Quote from uh, Jonathan Giovanni, ESPN.com. Some popular picks among executives to make such a move for ball at number one mm-hmm. include the Chicago Bulls, who currently hold the number four pick, mm-hmm. the Detroit Pistons, who currently hold the seventh pick, and the Oklahoma City Thunder, who hold the number 25 pick, plus a stash of future firsts. Um, I don't know how interested I am in future firsts. Like, Oklahoma City would be out on this. Like, you're telling me I get the... So I'm trading no. the first for the 25th, and then, like, next year's first. Yeah. Um, like a protected, unprotected? No, thank you. I, I want guys in... Because part of the issue here now is, like, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, their clock is ticking, and so they're not going to be gone tomorrow, but you need to... You, I'm not saying you have to become, like, a contender this year, but you need to go at some Which point. Which leads me to, to this question. If you make a trade and, and get a second... Uh, pick in the top 10, okay? Does that make a ton of sense with where your two-star players are at? So like if you get one and six, six. yes, one and six. I actually think it does. They're both young enough. Like if they were both 27, I would say it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But because they're both under 25, I think it does make sense. Okay. Now, yesterday, Zach Harper, uh, our friend from The Athletic, brought up the idea of Drew Holiday as potentially being a great backcourt complement, and you could play him and D'Angelo Russell, and, and Towns obviously would be able to play out those two guys. The reason I don't love a move like that is because he's 30 or 31 years old, and you're not ready to win now. You're ready to win maybe in two years, and then he'll be 33. Plus and what's his contract a, right now? I think too. he has one more year left in his contract. Okay, so it'd be short term. And Victor Oladipo, I think, has maybe one more year left in his contract. And like Guys who are closer to 30 are more win-now players. Like mm-hmm. There's a report today. For instance, Russell Westbrook. Reckless speculation that Russell Westbrook is um, not necessarily demanding a trade, but then him and James Harden are sitting there in Houston watching their general manager leave for Philadelphia and just sort of looking around the room saying, what's the plan here? What's the short-term plan? We're both in our primes. And so those guys could be available. I think Russell Westbrook more so than James Harden. Russell Westbrook's like 31. Right. 
So I don't know. Like it doesn't. If let's say you were to say, all right, wow, this guy's in his prime still, and he, let's see, he's got two or three years of prime play left, and we thought adding him to this mix would really be a jolt. Well, a jolt to what? Like this, the eight seed, and then what? Then he then he falls off the cliff, and you've lost a first round asset. So the more you see some of these reports that come out, and it's like the Wolves are looking to hang on to the number one pick and maybe add a second higher pick. I think that tells you that they've surveyed the field. Is there is there a third star to be had that can help you now and the next three years? Not necessarily. If not, go get the two most talented players you can, as high as you can, be it a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, whatever, and just project the next three to five years out. I'm okay with that. I will say this, though. If that's your plan, you can't screw it up. Like, you can't be wrong. Well, you can't be wrong if you trade for a star anyways. Like... If you if if you do the Jimmy Butler thing from a couple of years ago, you were technically wrong on that too, right? You, no, but I'm I'm if if you have picks one and six and are going to sync th- those up correctly uh, with your two uh, current star players, my point is you're going you're going to have to hit on both for sure. What leads you to believe that the Wolves would whiff on a high draft pick? <laughs> That's why I asked about Culver, but I'm t- talking about the current GM or. Uh, or a chief person in Rosas who's going to make the decision. That's why I asked that question. It's uh, Spielman and QBs. Like, I can't, if I can't trust you to at least think that you're going to do the right thing, I get very concerned then. But, yeah, I mean, it's the Wolves, so Listen, who knows? They have a long history it's of the nailing wolf. these picks. It's I don't know wolf. what you'd be it's worried about. Okay. Although I will say this, they've got more executives and GM types. I mean, yeah, they've got the they've, they've every week they do they got the a trade Zoom machine call guy with like different people that that are new. It's great. It's like you're you're going next week. Declan's going the week after that. It's the most incredible thing. They should just put the trade machine guy in a Zoom call all day for for us. All right, well, what about this? Our what about this? Play one? the reckless speculation sounder and ask him questions. Reckless speculation. I'm your creative director of Seltzer Input. You know that would be my position, Chief. Chief. Chief Officer of Seltzers. Res- on the responsible, show. though, right? right? Yep. Responsible? Uh, all right, boys, we got predictions. Write it down. All you right. like writing things down? Write this down. Let's write that down in an accountability session after a quick pause. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. Welcome in. Welcome in. The only sports talk show in America that actually keeps track of our predictions. Write that down and an accountability session every Wednesday here on Mackie and Judd. Also, I tweeted this out this morning, but just to uh, just to let the people know, we have a few different places you can listen to us or watch us on a regular basis. Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily with Mackie and Judd are the two shows that uh, that we're pumping out every day. You can find both of those on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. You can also find them on two different YouTube channels, youtube.com slash scorenorthmn, where we post different segments and clips from Mackie and Judd, and then uh, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And for those of you asking, what about the radio? You can still find us on Scornorth Radio, AM 1500, and live.scornorth.com from 5 to 6 p.m., Every single weekday. Here's how write that down works, boys. It's very simple. Write it down. You like writing things down. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. 
We keep track of batting averages and home runs, and you can DM me on Twitter, at Phil Mackey, if, uh, if you want to participate at some point. I think we have a couple openings still like the third week in December. Otherwise, yeah. we'll start we'll start uh, booking up for like January and February here too. So uh, if you want to start off the 2021 season with a couple of home runs, just uh, just DM me at Phil Mackey. Even if I don't follow you, you can DM me at any time. You guys ready for the accountability session? We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get Eric and Tony into the mix here. They're gonna be the guest listener predictors in just a couple of minutes. But Judd, are you feeling are you feeling good about your four hundred plus batting average uh, all season? That all depends on what I see now. Write it down. You like writing things down. Ooh. Oh, cool. oh it's just two. A couple of red there. Yeah. Judd, you yeah. said Everson Griffin would have at least two sacks against the Vikings on Sunday. Yeah. That was a zero and a tip pass, if I am correct. He talked like he had two sacks against mm-hmm. the Vikings. Yeah, you though. should give me the points based on that. He definitely was a chatterbox. And then you said the Vikings very pessimistically would go two and fourteen in two thousand twenty. That is now mathematically impossible because they are surging. Fair enough. Three oh, and yeah. five playoff team, baby. Yep. Can't believe how negative you are. Mm. All right, Jonathan Harrison, last year's reigning defending undisputed batting average champion. Actually, it was very disputed because he cheated at the end, uh, and we allowed it. He said there will be at least two more managers fired in Major balls. League Baseball. Count the balls for the uh, sign stealing scandal. So I don't know. Like we didn't put an end date on this, but not only has there not been another manager fired, but the original two guys who got fired now have jobs again. So, so he said this after Hinch was fired and Cora. He said was it fired after, and Beltran. He said it after Hinch was fired. Okay, got it. And and uh, and he meant like managers that were. Currently, managers before the like as the scandal came out. So wait, he said it after Hinch, but before uh, Cora mm-hmm. and before Beltran. But Beltran never got. Did Beltran get hired? Yeah, he got hired and then and, and, and then let go. Let go within a, like a week. Yeah, this is very. He's very close to being right here. You know what? If he said this after Hinch, yeah. let's give it to him. Okay, let's give it to him. I'll make the batting average look adjustment. Look at me coming through for a guy who cheated the system so badly last year. I'll make the batting average adjustment. Uh, he did say that Luis Amaria would be in the top three in scoring in MLS this season. I, I think he's missed like a bunch of games with yeah. injuries. So he's, we're all such big fans. I'm, it's not working out. I watch it every week, though. Um, I actually am a fan of Minnesota United. So you speak for yourself. Okay? Yeah, you I've lost. Com- I've lost complete track of them. I'm sorry. Uh, Manny Hill said Jose Barrios would win the 2020 Cy Young Award. That did oh, not forced happen. home run prediction. Ah. And uh, Rami had nothing come off the board. I had a couple things come oh, off the board. Yes. I said the Gophers and the Vikings would each pick up in separate predictions. Yeah. Victories this last weekend. Yeah. I'm glad to see you get a couple hits. Yeah, good for you. It was I a really glad. rough stretch. It, it, was, it was rough. I'm glad for mm-hmm. you. The listeners, let's see here. Tony said Nelson Cruz will win MVP. He is not one of the finalists. I think that comes out tomorrow. Yep. Uh, I'm going to breeze past this one as quickly as possible by saying that Andrew predicted Donald Trump would win the 2020 election with a higher electoral vote count than he had in 2016. And I will just say that regardless of what happens in the next two months, I think this is mathematically impossible. So we'll just leave that there. Alex said that Notre Dame would beat Clemson. And damn it, I know they didn't have the best quarterback in the country, but uh, we'll take that victory. Us. That was a nice win. That was a really good game. It It was. Delayed Saturday Night Live, but that's okay. 
Yeah, how about that? I was a little upset about that. And you know what? I'm sure, I'm sure SNL was, too. Quick rant about that. Okay, I know that the NBC News affiliates, like, they, they're they contractually obligated to run 30 minutes of news outside of, like, the owned and operated ones in New York and L.A. Yep. Like, I think, like, min, like CARE 11 has to run news. CARE 11 spent 30 minutes between this football game and, like, the most anticipated SNL, post-election SNL in a long time. They spent 30 minutes basically apologizing for having to be on the air. And, and they, showing us, like, sports clips from three days before. I actually saw a tweet that said they were given, that the local affiliates across the country were given the option. Really? Of, bag, of bagging the news. And I believe it was in Philadelphia that they came on and did a really quick, hey, you know, find one, yeah. blah, 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 see you, bye. Oh, my God. Like, so they, they got off the air. Like, CARE 11 gets, like, so they're, like, 25 minutes into this thing, and it's, like, we all know what, like, unless somebody, you know, is there like a building on fire that we need to know about? Okay. <laughs> no, Nick Bukestead started a, you know, little obstacle course. We had to know about that. Oh and God. it's Chappelle. I was and waiting. Chappelle. I'm just waiting for Chappelle. The king. It's amazing. Well, he's the in, king. He's incredible. So, <laughs> so Notre Dame beat Clemson. Uh, Declan, you said Adrian Peterson will score at least one touchdown against the Vikings. Okay. I'm, I'm curious this yellow. All right. And then this is the one that I, I, I made it orange in color here because it's sort of. It's in question. You said at least one other Dodgers player player will test positive for COVID after the Justin Turner fiasco. Okay. Yeah. So we're two weeks out from the World Series. There was a report, yep. multiple reports, that up to nine Dodgers Emplo- people employees, yeah, have, tested, have positive. tested positive. But nope, and even a couple family members in the nine. But there has been no confirmation that a player tested positive. So and I don't know how much information we're going to get on this now that it's sort of over. So I, I'm just putting it in. It's neither a win or a loss. It's just okay. sort of like off the board until you're not wrong necessarily because right, right. we don't know who. It's a tie? It's just off the board for for now. Okay. And we'll see what happens. So here are the updated batting averages. Uh, and John Harrison's actually going to be higher than this. Judd Zolget, 405 with three home runs. Rami Makhlouf, 386 with one home run. Declan, 348 with one home run. I'm at 289 with three home runs. Listeners, 223 with two home runs. Manny Hill, 178 with a home run. John Harrison, 170 with two home runs. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. And let's get our let's get our guest listener predictors in here. We've got Eric. We've got Tony. What's up, Eric? Can you hear us okay? I can hear you just fine. Awesome. Like the headset. Like it. Uh, Tony, what's going on with you today? Uh, just... Uh, just got off of work, and uh, now I'm hanging with you. Ready to take some some home run swings. So here's how we're going to do it. Right. We're going to start. <laughs> right. We're going to start with Tony, and then we're going to go to Eric, and then Judd, Declan, and Phil. We'll go around the room three times, and uh, you just have to make sure your prediction is quantifiable. It can be sports, non-sports, whatever you want it to be. Uh, we'll start with Tony. Are you here to swing for the fences, or are you here to raise I the am. batting average? Yep, we are. We are chicks dig the long ball. I love it. Love All right. It. All right, you step uh, into the write it down. Justin you like writing Jefferson things down. With 200-plus receiving yards by, end of, by the end of the season. Say it one more time. Justin Jefferson will have a game with 200-plus receiving yards by the end of the season. Assuming they find him enough So Kirk times. can throw again. <laughs> Kirk will be allowed to throw. That'll be good. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna well, have to ramp up the targets to Justin Jefferson. I should be careful what I say. He's on pace for like half the targets of the top wide receivers of the NFL, which is ridiculous. But uh, all right, over to Eric. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. I also got off work a few hours ago, so I'm ready to roll here. Let's do it. Write it down. You like writing things down. 
Alex Kirloff and Brent Rooker will be on the Twins' regular season roster in 2021. So are you saying for opening day? Yes. Okay. They will be on the opening day roster. On the opening day roster. I think you're probably right. When is the deadline for them to decide on Eddie Rosario being non-tendered? Uh, it's in December. Sometime in December, yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll know pretty quickly if there's going to be an opening for that. Write this down. All right, Judd Zilgad. The Vikings will beat the Bears on Monday night, giving Kirk Cousins his first ever victory on Monday night football. Wow. Currently 0-9, That's but the, slam, right? the, Vikings, <laughs> the Vikings are going to beat the Bears, and hence Kirk Cousins will get a quarterback win, number one, on MNF. And and keep in mind, if if the Bears can't stop Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins throws the ball 15 times, he, gets he the still win. gets the he W, He gets the baby. win, man. Get that W. Eat those W's like Jameis Winston. How about the fact he did that again? Jameis? Yes. Oh, he's all Classic, in Classic, dude. Yeah, he was doing it in the locker room, too. What is he, like, five? What do you mean? He's eating They're a backup quarterback now. Yeah, but he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> all right, Declan. All right, four-item parlay here for the Vikings game. A four-item parlay? Four-item parlay. Parlay. The Vikings will I beat the it. Bears. Okay. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook goes for over 100 yards. Kirk throws for over 220. Justin Jefferson catches a touchdown. Wow. Four item parlay. This is a home run and if it's it a happens. home run. It, and even though oh, all these yeah. things aren't like crazy, but if all of them happen together, it's definitely a home run. Yes. So I, I only have one bomb on the season. It's a home run. So Vikings beat the Bears, Dalvin over 100, Kirk 220, and then Justin Jefferson catches a touchdown. Look, at the, look at the power you're attempting to show here, Dex. Right. I, need, I, need a, I need some dingers, man. You're a skinny, gaunt guy, but that I have would no be an problem impressive. being Ben Revere. Okay, I have no problem being Ben Revere. I kind of, you know, you what? go Jason Tyner. I didn't have a Vikings parlay in mind, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna craft it. Oh. Write it down. You like writing things down? Write this down. Can you say what yours was again, Dex? The Vikings beat the Bears. Okay. Dalvin goes for over 100 yards. Okay. Kirk throws for over 220 yards. Okay. Justin Jefferson catches a touchdown. Love it. Yeah. All right, so here's my here's my parlay. <laughs> here's my four-item parlay. I'm going to try and sort of mirror Declan, but the opposite. The Vikings will lose to the Bears. <laughs> Dalvin Cook will be held to under 100 yards. Wow. Uh, Kirk Cousins will throw at least one interception. And Justin Jefferson will not score a touchdown. I'll just, I'll just counter yours for the most part. So Vikings okay. will lose. Dalvin will be held under 100 because the Bears will adjust. Kirk will throw at least one interception, and and JJ will not score a touchdown. Okay, that's very write this down. Of write it yeah. down. You like writing things down. I feel like I don't that's know. Really negative. I feel like we're all very quick to have crowned the Vikings NFC North champions after two victories, but we'll see. I'm putting the pressure on. I told you, I want the pressure applied directly on the Vikings. Back to Tony, your second prediction. Uh, Mo Ibrahim will finish in the top ten in Heisman voting. Ooh, yeah. You know what? That's a solid one. You know, we came in thinking the, that the that the Gophers might have a couple Heisman Trophy fringe candidates, and Mo was not on that list. But now that he's scoring all the touchdowns and gaining all the yards, that's not a bad one. I like it. Not a bad one. And the fact that Trevor Lawrence, like, missing games with COVID, mm-hmm. it's a, more of an even playing field. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Eric, your second prediction. Write it down. At some point during the regular season, Delvin Cook will break. Adrian Peterson's single game rushing record. Wow. Amazing. I love that. Which would be the NFL record, right? Yes. That's correct. 296, is that right? 296. So you're yep. basically saying Dalvin's going to run for 300 yards in a game at some point this season. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. 
I mean, he's probably <laughs> the most equipped in the NFL well, to do it. Like, he's the most explosive and high-usage running back in the NFL. What, so. what will Kirk's pass attempts be in that game? Four? <laughs> five? Probably ten. Yeah, ten. <laughs> what Didn't the Vikings... So, T-Jack got hurt in that game, right? And then, did Gus Farratt come in to... I think three Or no, Bob, no Brooks, Bollinger came Brooks in. came in. Bollinger came in. I thought it was even game. three quarterbacks came into that game, I thought maybe. Brooks finished it out for sure. We actually, Jackson, actually talked to right. him for a rewind episode. Jackson got knocked out cold, and that that's the one where he got knocked out cold on his back, and, and his, his arms, arms were, like were straight up like a yeah. statue, like a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, he was just signaling. He saw Adrian running down the field and was signaling. Write it down. You like writing things that's down. A, I, love the, I love these predictions. These are great. All right, Judd, your second prediction. I've given this great thought, and I regret to inform all of you that the Vikings will not take a quarterback in the opening round of the National Football League draft in 2021. The Vikings will not take a quarterback in the opening Dude. round of the draft in 2021. That's highly disappointing. They're going to rebound enough, and Rick and Mike are going to be like, yeah, but that man, that cornerback is really good. That corner, that defensive end is really good. They will. They might take a quarterback at some point in time, but it won't be if in that, round one at the rate they're going. If that happens, Kirk gets all of them fired after 2021. So <laughs> Write this down. Write it down. Actually, you like writing things maybe down. Maybe that's going to be a prediction. <laughs> Go ahead, Dex. I got a golf one here. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau will finish at least top five in the Masters. Oh, okay. Apparently he had like uh, a 200-mile-per-hour swing speed drive on the driving range yes. today. You have to hit bombs at, at Augusta. You have to. And there's no other man who's more equipped to hit bombs than Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. I actually have a master's prediction, too, here. So we'll write this down. We'll fire this off. Okay. Uh, we will have a first-time master's champion this weekend. So, 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 so what I'm saying is somebody will win the master's who has never won the master's before. So we're taking Tiger off the board. We're taking Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth. Uh, Sergio Garcia, I think, withdrew. So he's already off the board. So if, if Bryson wins, if Dustin Johnson wins, it's not a home run prediction. I'm saying we will have a first-time Masters champion this weekend. Justin Thomas could win it. Write this down. All right, back to Tony. All right, uh, got a WWE one for you. Love it. Victoria will be enshrined into the Ooh. WWE Hall of Fame class of 2021, and she will be inducted by Mickey James. Okay. Victoria, Judge, you have any I have idea no who these idea. people are? I have no idea what Tony just said. She had Mickey a woman James. to mess with. Yeah, Mickey James um, came in, had some psychological issues when she when she entered WWE, was uh, a, a bit too friendly with Trish Stratus, and uh, and then wound up getting some psychological help, and then had a nice fifteen year career. Uh, Victoria was an early an early divas. I'm more uh, lost now than I was before. <laughs> Uh, Tony, since you've got this gigantic platform right now, is there anyone in your life that you'd like to thank that got you to this point? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, of course my wife and my daughter, um, and it being veterans day today, uh, I'd like to thank all that served before me with me. And since, um, I was fairly lucky to, uh, not have any post-military issues, but some weren't so lucky. So just to ask for people to take some time and, and think about those who, who didn't come home so lucky. Amen, Tony. Thank Love you, it. too. Appreciate your service serving, yeah. and your uh, your home run swings today, too. Appreciate your support. Awesome, Thanks, Tony. Man. Take Thanks, care. Tony. Hey, Eric, your final prediction. Uh, I had a WWE one also, but I changed it the last minute, so I got a NASCAR one for you. All right. Uh, Chase Elliott's going to win the Daytona 500 in 2021. So, Chase, so I've been out on NASCAR for a long time. So Chase Elliott is Bill Elliott's kid, right? 
Yes. Okay. And he just won the championship too. And he's young, right? He's like twenty five or something. Something like that. Yeah. So he's gonna be so. he's gonna be racking up all kinds of. I don't think we have a NASCAR. We have a couple. Like we have an F one prediction on the board from a listener. I thought maybe we had one or two. I don't know that we have any NASCAR predictions. So new ground here. I'm glad Chase Elliott Eric. too is just spelled Chase Elliott. Like there's not some crazy name for Formula One. Chase Elliott. I, I probably Declan. still spelled it. Let me, poor, actually, let me double poor check. Poor Declan struggles to spell the, and all these people I, give him tough. I names. have trouble spelling my own name. Okay? I mean, it's, we had a month run during like why, that's why the the yeah. beginning of COVID where we, we were making Bundesliga predictions. Oh, on, that was hell. On Declan. That was you. That was yeah. You were. That was Mackie. Yeah, that was not, not me. I never that. went Bundesliga. <laughs> uh, Eric, uh, since you have this platform now, who would you like to thank in your life? Uh. Uh, you guys for entertaining us during this COVID mess, and uh, of course uh, Veterans Day. All the veterans. Um, I'm a Army grandson. My grandfather served in the Army for 40 years. So uh, big shout out to everybody, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Amen. Eric, great Thank stuff, you, Eric. dude. Appreciate you coming on, making your write that down predictions. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Um, back to Judd Zolgad. My final write that down is actually makes me sad to say, but it's going to be true. Adrian Peterson will be on an NFL roster when next season begins. Adrian Peterson will never go away. He will be on a roster in the National Football League when next season opens. I'm trying to think of what team. It's got to be a team that's just sort of in flux transition. Yeah, who's like going to be a running back starved you know. sort of crappy team? Seattle. Jacksonville. Ah, Seattle would do it. Yeah, Seattle, Seattle would, would bring him in as like the... Oh, ja- Jacksonville's a good one, too, though. Jacksonville's a good one. It's just going to be somebody who's just hopeless. But, see, I, yeah, I mean, Seattle definitely did it with Marshawn Lynch, but that was also kind of provincial for them. And well, I, I, Seattle's a great guess, though. They're the type of team that would just, like, take... Like, they were in the Antonio Brown discussion. Take, like, right. take flyers on guys. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Declan. All right, last one. Freddie Freeman will win the National League MVP. That's coming out tomorrow. Nice. And I, to be honest, he should be unanimously the guy. But Mookie Betts has still had a pretty good year, and I feel like Freddie Freeman. Well, actually, it's it's not in like an obvious statement. He is the most underrated player in baseball. Like Freddie Freeman's unbelievable, and he was really good this year. Mm-hmm. But I think Freddie Freeman does get the uh, NL MVP, and if he doesn't, I'm going to riot. <laughs> you're well, gonna, you're gonna that'll be a party. Riot, you're, I, you're that emotionally invested yes. in Freddie Freeman's Freddie Freeman. NL MVP. Absolutely. So politics, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, COVID, no. 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 Freddie Freeman didn't win the bleeping MVP. Now I'm we, out. Now Mr. we riot. I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to take it to the streets of <laughs> Minneapolis now. <laughs> so if he's leading early, are you going to get on Twitter and stop the count? Yell, stop, stop the count. The count. Okay. Okay. Then, then count the votes. Uh, Joe, what was your second prediction again? Uh, that the Vikings will not draft a quarterback in round one. Okay. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for this prediction. This is one of those contingencies. Write it ones. down. You like writing things down. <laughs> if the Vikings don't draft a quarterback in the first round of the 2021 draft, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer will both be unemployed by the time the 2022 league year rolls around. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is that if they don't invest in the future at that position, yes, then the, then the yeah. current. The incumbent at that position will get them fired. Will if if they are fired, will they leave office? Remains to be seen. I've heard <laughs> they still haven't come out of TCO Performance. Center. I've heard Rick has a tenacious legal team, so we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> That's the new thing, right? That's got to be the sports thing. Who's going to be the first sports guy who gets fired and is like, "That's fine," but and I'm not leaving. 
holds that press conference at Four Seasons. All right, Mackie and Judd, <laughs> we'll find our friend Patrick Royce. Those are your write that down predictions. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. And an accountability session. Thanks to our uh, our listener friends Tony and Eric. And again, if you want to hit us up, if you want to be part of the segment. DM me on Twitter at Phil Mackey and we'll get you scheduled for we got a couple openings in December and, uh, and otherwise we can look toward January. See you guys. Woo! All right. We wrap with Roycey every Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday on Mackey and Judd. You can also find Roycey Unchained in podcast form on the Mackey and Judd podcast feed and as its own. And Pat, I'm going to read this from a Jeff Passan article yesterday about our friend Tony LaRussa, the new manager of the <laughs> Chicago that. White Sox. So this is this is a quote from the police statement. So this is a, a first person account of the police officer that uh, that arrested Larusa for suspected DUI back in February. Larusa stated, "quote I had one glass of wine while at dinner with my friends before searching his uh, uh, before searching him and placing him in the rear of my patrol vehicle." Larusa asked, "Do you see my ring?" I asked Larusa, <laughs> well, "What are you talking about?" And Larusa said. I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. While placing him in the rear of my patrol vehicle, the Russa stated, I'm legit. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. (laughs) (laughs) One glass of wine. Hey, I'm legit. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. (laughs) That used to be like my dad. My dad had this big mixing thing for martinis, you know, this great big tall mixing thing. And he says, I'm just going to have one martini before dinner. And it was like a quart. (laughs) (laughs) That must have been uh, Tony with the wine. What an idiot. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Didn't he also give me, don't you know who I am deal? Oh, yeah. Well, he he did the, do you see my ring kind of, yeah, he did. Brother, I like brother. Brother, I'm legit. I'm I'm legit brother. I'm a Hall of Famer. It's okay. I can can drink and drive. They're going to have to fire him. They can't do this. Well, they can't. Those crazy. They're they're backing them up, man. They, uh, you know, it's uh, it's amazing what. It, as I said yesterday, the other day when we talked, the Whiteys had this great chance to like become relevant down there, right? In that sports market, the Cubbies are kind of flattened out. They got the young guys. They got the the great young players. They got Tim Anderson, who's one of the best players. And they're just screwing it up by hiring this guy. I just don't get it. Hey, by the way, did you see the manager of the year voting? The uh, there must be a story out here somewhere. But they we the the, the Star Tribune did not. One of the thirty first place votes in the American League went to AJ Hinch. Yeah. What? So somebody, somebody. We'll never have a right to vote again, I would think, in the BBWAA uh, to uh, somebody. He did not make it to opening day. I mean, he didn't even make it to the spring training, right? The Mm -hmm. first spring training. Correct. So uh, somebody wanted to embarrass the organization or baseball or something. Uh, they should have invalidated that vote because he was not an eligible candidate. And I, I don't I did not see a report on who it was, but the votes become public, so we'll see it. Some smartass. Well, uh, Pat, what's, what's worse, voting for A.J. Hinch this season or Lavelle Neal voting for uh, Bartolo Colon in the 2005 American League Cy Young Award? I voted for Bartolo Colon in the 2005. It was, paid, it was Pedro Martinez that Lavelle didn't vote for, for the MVP. For him. That was oh, the big deal. Him on the MVP yeah, got it, got it, got yeah. it. Him and Georgie King didn't have Now, Georgie explained it. Right, why he did it, 
I think Lavelle forgot. <laughs> that was my theory. That was my theory. But by neither of them having them anywhere on the ballot, that cost them the uh, that cost Pedro the. That's the what it was. And, and when you go back and look at that, you know, if you're ever going to give the pit a pitcher a Cy Young award, that was the time. Yeah, right? uh, it was unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean that, and and we always find the Hall of Fame guy didn't Levitard. He sold his ballot. He sold it to Deadspin. Deadspin, yeah. Sold his ballot, and then we have the guy that only votes for one to show the uh, the farcical part of it. He'll only vote for one real non Hall of Famer, you know. And uh, so there's there's uh, we we have members of uh, the uh, baseball writers who try to draw attention to themselves by being jackasses, and uh, and somebody did this with AJ Hitch. I don't know who it was. Yeah. Well, so, um, anyway, I I, uh, I did see that Rocco got a couple second and third place votes this season, so that's good. I think Rocco had a good year. He just he Till just had a bad. He's like, you know, Kevin Cash in the World Series. Rocco had a good year. He had a bad two game playoff. He had a bad two game playoff. He had a, he used his bullpen like a complete moron in game one, and he hooked Rios in game two. His pitching decisions were pathetic in the playoffs, but before that, I thought he had a good year because this team did not perform nearly as well as the, uh, the, you know, the night 2019 team. He was, he was Pete, you know, patchworking that together. Now he had my that helped a lot, but, uh, but, uh, you know, he, I, I thought he didn't, you know, this, this team was, this wasn't a solid team that he ended up winning. Did he ended up winning 36? Did he? 35? Yeah, yeah and it was in the mid-30s yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, he, had a, he had a good year, I thought, considering he he didn't get himself rattled by anything. Till hey, fellas, uh, college football ain't going to make it, are they, with uh, Boy. COVID? Yeah, Alabama, LSU, was it? Uh, this SEC's weekend? had a bunch of games lost, called off for Saturday. SEC's lost three games yep. this weekend already. Uh, Big Ten is, I think the Big Ten's on with Wisconsin back, right? They're yes. They cancel. The Badgers are back. But, uh, but uh, man, alive, that's, you know, you're you're pushing 100 games that have been been called off or postponed. Here's my question, already. though, Pat. Do they do they care? Because I think all that they want to do is, is set up the playoff. So, like, I don't know that they actually care if they play a ton of games or not because they're still going to have a playoff, I think. And that's the most important thing to them. Yeah, I, I suppose. I, I tell you one thing that I doubt is going to occur is all these dumbass half-wit bowl games, you know, these fourth-tier. Don't tell yeah, Army having already accepted a bid to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport. I got to hunt that one ain't coming off I, unless something happens here. So, yeah, they, what a year to get rid of these bowl games. That could be the one good thing about <laughs> the, the pandemic right. in sports that half of these bowl games never come back. Okay. They never can find sponsors. Wouldn't that be great? I'm I mean, okay with I, that. I, I've been saying it like, first of all, if you finish, you know, if, if you finish seventh in your division or in yes. your conference, like you <laughs> yeah, don't, you right. don't need to be rewarded with anything. So let's, let's just reduce the number of teams that play postseason football. And then let's create, let's create two tournaments. Let, let, let's have an, and let's have a, an eight or a 16 yeah, have, team. You could have an NIT. You could have an NIT. Yeah, why not? It'd be more yeah. fun to watch the football version of the NIT because you'd be watching like actual good teams. You know, if it's the 17th best team in the country or something. 
well, our uh, our corporate, uh, not sister, but corporate brethren, ESPN is basically responsible for this. Mm-hmm. It's for fair programming. Idiotic mm-hmm. bowl games because they'll put them on TV. You know, they'll put them on TV. And I think ESPN also gets paid for putting them on TV. Most of them. Most of them pay ESPN to mm-hmm. come and be on TV, I think. I believe like, so. Like Champions Golf Tournaments, you know, so. The death it's, of bowl uh, games would, would be a great thing. It would be a fantastic thing. Well, I you know I I don't mind having your your playoff and then yeah. ten more. You know, ten more would be fine. You, know, you should always have a Rose Bowl. You know, but, but uh, you know this idea that oh man. But Pat, if, Fit, if Fenway Park if was North going West to get a game, be, we don't need a game at Fenway. Be, what I, I said. Fenway. They no. they're putting games in Yankee Stadium now and Fenway. We don't need those. They can go away. Well, Fenway, right? We don't have a like a full end zone. Right? I mean, I remember the remember the one game we had in Fenway with Wrigley. The, the, the Wrigley, but Wrigley. there was also there was also one in Fenway that they had a hard time squeezing in the state in the stadium. You know, and plus, let's face it, Fenway lost a whole lot of its magic last year. The idea that, oh, good, I get to go watch another game and freeze my arse off at Fenway. I don't think that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's very compelling to a lot of New Englanders anymore. <laughs> the magic of Fenway has uh, deteriorated to a certain degree, I would think. Just so you guys know, at this point, the first bowl game on the schedule is, is still a green light as of right now, uh, according to this ESPN.com article. It's December 19th. And it's the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. So where? <laughs> what? Now, where in, Fris- in Frisco, there? Texas. Oh, good. Fr- oh, really? Because oh, they Lord, already yes. had the uh, D two championship and stuff, but that wasn't enough bowl games. They had a. They did. Did they have the? They had, that's where North Dakota State went to win all their titles, right? What? Isn't the, that where the FCS title game was? I thought it was Frisco, Texas. The, the Toyota Stadium in have, Frisco. I don't know. You know, where is Frisco? Know. Do we even know where the? It's uh, not far from Dallas. I don't. Know. Okay, it's somewhere down there. But North Dakota State people flock down there to. Uh, no. North Dakota State uh, wrapping up an unbeaten fall season, one and zero. They had one against Arkansas. I don't know, man. The Trey Lance yeah. game, right? Pat, Pat we need your. Hey, ma- you know, I, I got to make a really weird uh, comment here about the the winter ahead, and I'm the last guy to jump on this bandwagon. You know who's going to be pretty good with all these transfers? The Gopher basketball team. You know, it's and it's been done before. It's the Eric Musselman approach at Nevada, right? Mm-hmm. He'd have five transfers every year. How many they got now? They got the kid from Drake. He's the big kid, supposed to be good. They got the kid from Austin, Minnesota, who transferred in. He was Utah's best player. Who's Gotch? Yeah, they got. Uh, there's, there's. Uh, a couple of more, and then they got Marcus Carr came back. Uh, and, you know, I think we can stop forgetting about Eric Curry, but, uh, you know, since he's been hurt seven times. But they should be pretty good. Does Eric Curry still have eligibility? He's 47. Is, is he legitimately? He's, like, he's, like, he's got kids. He's 34. He's, 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 just, he's a veteran. His beard's as gray as mine. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's been at it a long time. But they've, they've like, they have a better roster, roster than if they would have gotten a bunch of... Patino's got you, Patrick. Huh? Patino, Patino, you're a Patino fan now. 
Well, he's transfer you, baby. Transfer you. It's, Just don't uh, ha- have him read the, the book. If everybody poops to his team, and we'll be fine between Royce and Richard Pitino. Uh, what was there? We, uh, oh, I found out today that our offensive line eats donuts too. So we we get a lot of a lot of vital stuff in Iowa. By the way, Iowa they got see they got a bunch of kids transferring again. They weren't playing a lot, but. I don't think Ferentz has uh, smoothed the waters down there. Yet. No, I don't think so. say the least. I think he's on his way out. Uh, Pat, give us your master's preview. Hmm. Uh, you know, I was reading this today, and I hadn't thought about it, but another advantage for DeChambeau is there's no fans to hit the ball into, right? Yeah. So there's no fans tightening up the uh, the area where you can – smack the ball up there your second shot on 18 or something like that there's no limitations for him to wherever he wants to hit the ball i predict that on number two which is that downhill par five uh that he'll be hitting and it and it if it when it gets over the rise it just runs and runs and runs He'll be, he'll be having, he'll have forty yards into the green on a par five down there. Man. He's gonna destroy the place uh, if he doesn't hit it behind the tree line. Uh, I don't think he can be beat because he'll, he's just, he's, he's, he's intending to hit it four hundred yards. Now maybe the course is gonna be soft. Uh, well, it's gonna be soft because it's raining like hell. And it's, you know, we might not finish that thing till Tuesday. Have you seen the weather forecast? No. It's supposed to rain for all week. And uh, one advantage for having no patrons there, no, boy, am I a trained master's guy referring to the crowd as patrons. (laughs) But uh, uh, with having no fans there is you, when it rained previously and the grass is so thin there, uh, even out of bounds, it would turn into this sloppy mud when you were back in the tree line where the fans sat. It would just be absolute mud. It was like being in a pigsty and it stunk. And they'd go out and put this crapola on it. And the, the because all the fans were walking there and they'd be sliding down hills and in the mud. And You're banned now, Pat. You're done. You you will never be invited to those hallow grounds again after that. When it was wet. When it was wet, but this year you won't have people tromping out there. So it'll be, you know, you won't have 50,000 people tromping around the place. But Augusta, the majesty of Augusta goes completely to hell when it's wet. I'll tell you that. Because I, I didn't ever, I managed to never fall on my ass. But a lot of my friends did. Took some bad falls. And there's nothing worse than well, be covering golf. And falling in the mud at 10 a.m. and having to be out there the rest of the day with a, hey, nice pants, buddy, with a big <laughs> muddy butt, you know. So it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's going to be interesting because they can't afford any rain delays because they only have 10 and a half hours of daylight. In the in April they got 13. This here in this time of year they got 10 and a half hours of daylight. If you get a, if you get an hour rain delay, you're never going to get finished. Yeah. So uh, the odds, by the way, but I guess I'm picking DeChambeau. Yeah. But my dark horse candidate, Matsuami. Okay. That 
when he starts putting, he's pretty good. Yeah, so uh, so Bryson is an eight to one favorite according to the William Hill Sportsbook. Dustin Johnson nine to one, John Rahm eleven to one, Justin Thomas twelve to one, and then you get Rory, uh, Xander, Brooks Kepka, Matsuyama, Tony Finau, who's never won a tournament before, but no. always in the hunt. How where's our man? Thirty to one. Our man so, is okay. thirty-five to one. He's like fifteenth on this list or twentieth somewhere in there. Well, he's big disadvantage for him, especially with the wet. Is and I never thought I'd say this distance for <laughs> yeah. these other guys. You know what's been amazing about this mini golf season, though? How often that group you just named, those five or six best players, when they're playing, they're in it. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean Thomas, and they all got it. Dustin, and they all, they, they all have a chance every week. And the consistency of those guys this year has been incredible compared to normal. It's almost like Tiger, you know, they don't win as often as he did, but you'd never turn it on. Eighty percent of the time you watched a golf tournament that Tiger played in, he was in it. You know, and these guys have really been in it this year almost every time they tee it up, it's which true. is uh, which is not your routine golf uh, situation there. So I would guess, you know, the five or six best players in the world are going to – there might be one interloper in there too, but not too many. It's the same guys, the ones you just named at the top of the betting list. Yep. All right, Pat. We will. Uh, we'll, well, I guess we'll recap the first time with you on on Friday. We'll get you back on. Boy, that time. was an overrated snowstorm, huh? What did we get? Two inches? Yeah, it kind of five some places, but that slushy I, stuff though. It's heavy. It's heavy I and slushy, and the roads are a mess. I just scraped it off the sidewalk, so it wasn't too bad. So okay, be careful. All right. Yeah, don't be sh- don't be shoveling, Royce. You know better than that. Oh, I got the plow guy to the driveway. I do the little side. Uh, I, it's okay. all dangerous, man. Talk to See you. Ya. All right. Bye. See you, Pat. I mean, for you, doing the dishes is deemed dangerous. So. <laughs> I am head of dishes in my house. Uh, I will tell you that right now. That chief, is a main job. That is a officer. main job. I am in charge of dishes. The CDO. I'm in charge of dishes, laundry for myself. I do my own. I don't. I don't do Dawn's because I don't know how. I don't know if it's cold or hot, and I don't know what to dry and not dry. But I do my own stuff. I, on yeah, dishes, I'm really good. The dry and not dry is always a thing. Like I always just err on the side of hanging stuff if I'm yeah. not sure. I ruined. Uh, I'll always check the tags. I ruined. Oh, screw the. So tags. I keep the tags. Screw the tags. Mm-hmm. I ruined a sweater of hers about three oh, years boy. back, and after that, I was just like, I'm going to let you take care of you. <laughs> you take care of you. I'll take care of you me. Do you, I, me. I can't exactly. stand hand washing dishes. Are you a hand washer? Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh, rather, it's, it's my I, least I favorite think, chore. I, I think I reflect. It's terrible. Really? I run my dish. I live alone. And I run my dishwasher probably three times a week. I'm dead serious. Wow. And, like, and I don't have to, but. You guys don't like getting the the, no, big, the, the scrubber out and like oh, uh, scrubbing that Hot sucker? Water, throw it, throw it in the dishwasher. Oh, You're good, man. I enjoy, I enjoy dishes, garbage detail, which I'm marvelous at. <laughs> I am great on garbage and recycling. I'm really good on that, too. Oh, wow. All right. Home improvement. Making beds. Yeah. Judd's old Mackie and Judd. Making beds. They say if you Another make your if you mine. make your bed right away in the morning, you get that first I win do. of the day. I do. You, feel you good. know the important the thing. Most pointless task in the world. No, no. Here's here's so here's the key <laughs> to successful making of the bed. You don't ever have to tuck a damn thing in. What you do is you take your sheets and you fluff them out and you put them back on the bed. But the most overrated thing is tucking in. 
Yeah, I, I, agree I don't need a tucked-in bed well, because I want to. If, if I'm getting hot, I want to be able to stick my leg Bingo. out too. You know, right? I, I don't mind so I tuck the the bottom of the sheet at the end of the foot of the bed. You, you tuck it in there, just ever so slightly, like not like Do super you? tight. Yeah, because then I, I always despise when like the back corner sheet is now all the way up here. Like I'm, I, got, I think I have some RLS, so I get some restless leg syndrome in the middle of the night. Sure, yep. that's not code for anything else. What's just, restless leg syndrome? Where you just start kicking? Yeah, everything? like you, you have uh, when you're like, in your sleep, band, you sleep, you move your feet a lot. Yeah. I do, thing. I do that. It's great. It's, an, it's not a Randy and Cottage Grove made up disease. It's an actual you're, you're thing. You're just like scissor kicking like a synchronized swimmer <laughs> or something? Yeah, you, you kick them. Exactly. I've done it before. It's, I, oh. But don't tuck the sheets in. It's a waste of your time. Yeah, I Judge, you It's should, unnecessary stuff. You should oversee hotel operations. Be great. Listen, I would you never talk to you. Four seasons. You guys are wasting time. The four seasons. Yes. Yeah. Landscaping. I've been talking to the four <laughs> seasons people all things. the time about a job. <laughs> They're very receptive yeah. to me. Uh, that is a wrap on this episode. Tomorrow is Reckless Speculation Thursday on Mackie and Judd with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson. So we'll uh, we'll probably do a deeper dive into Timberwolves stuff and what they might do. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.